All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. to the Garage Bill Podcast. I am your host, Jason Hallman. Hey, this episode of the Garage Bill Podcast was recorded live in the Law Fran Studios. Make sure you're following at Fran Hosh Law Group. We're also brought to you by SNS Cycles. Since 1958, SNS has led the B-Twin aftermarket from innovative new ways to get air and fuel to your performance twin to big bore kits for big twins, sportsters, and the new M8 to today's must-have exhaust components. Choose SNS Cycles for your next performance upgrade. Visit sscycle.com. Make sure you're following on social media at SS Cycle. We're also brought to you by Arlen Ness Motorcycles. Save 10% and receive free shipping in lower 48 when you use the code GarageBuild10 on all orders at ArlenNess.com. We're brought to you by Team Dream Rides, located in Maryville, Tennessee. It's only minutes from the tail of the dragon. And Dream Rides specializes in performance engine upgrades, used bike sales, service, maintenance, and repair. Visit TeamDreamRides.com and follow at DreamRidesTennessee to keep up on all the latest news. Hey, the High Seas Rally is going to set sail this October 29th through November 5th from Port Canaveral, and I'm going to be on it. Yours truly, my first cruise. It's one week, 3,500 bikers in four Caribbean ports. Follow at High Seas Rally on Instagram and use the code SPEEDMETAL, and you're going to save 100 bucks on your cabin price, and this year we're throwing in that drink card. Hey, Electric Lighting features top-shelf LEDs backed by 30 years of cutting-edge, industry-leading manufacturing and the best warranty in the marketplace. Use sales code SPEED2022 for free shipping in the lower 48 on all orders over $50 at namscustomcycleproducts.com. And last but not least, we're still brought to you every episode at 1620 Workwear, premium made-in-the-USA workwear, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620USA.com. Use SPEED2022 and you'll save 20% on checkout follow at 1620usa on instagram hey this show is awesome i have my very very close friend mr ray yanez from the copper top garage in ormond beach florida we talk all about his first trip to sturgis is this year and he's part of the michael lichter exhibit so without further ado i give you the garage Bill podcast You're listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Every day's a good day, Jason. There you go. <laughs> every day is a good day, bro. I appreciate that, you man. Know? Yep. I, every day is a good day, right? We've, I think we all too often we forget that, um, you know, to, to remember to be blessed and, and to... Uh, just be thankful for what we do have, not what we don't have, right? Yep. Did Very you good. sleep in a bed? Did you did you eat? Did you get wet last night while you were sleeping? Yep. Is your family is your family okay? Was your family with you? All those things. If you check all those boxes, bro, it was a great day. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's what I love about you. You're one of those guys. Uh, so everybody knows who I'm. So that everybody knows who I'm speaking with. I'm speaking to a friend of mine named Ray Yanez. Um, most people know him as Ray Lalanes, but that's just because they don't <laughs> they don't understand uh, how to pronounce your last name. Uh, he's from the Copper Top Garage. He's based in Ormond Beach, Florida. And over the last few years, Ray, you have been you have climbed the ranks to uh you know you try to be humble and and you are humble but you you kind of do this aw shucks i'm just a garage guy but you have built some high level motorcycles that have been on the cover of magazines been shipped over to japan and we all know what happens when one of these badass motorcycles goes to japan we never see it again yeah uh, that's the sad part and i you know i was so i was so thrilled to see it go there and you know i got to the the guy who who actually made the deal go through he came, he came from Japan and he was just over my house, him and his wife, they were here for a couple of days and, and it was, it was nice, you know, but I love that motorcycle so much. And just, you know, the guy had to have it when I first brought it out. I think it was, what was pandemic? That was uh, 2020 bike week of, that was bike week of 2020, right? That's okay. So that's when I built that bike and they were here and they looked at it and the guy wanted to buy it. And I said, man, I, you know, sure, I'll sell it. And I never heard back from him. And then I guess after the pandemic eased up a little bit, some sometime down like later 2021 or so, he reached out to me again and said, Hey man, my customer still really wants your bike. And I was like, okay, I still, you know, I'll still sell it. Yeah. Right. And after I, you know, I mean, cause it, everything was so, everything was so slowed down. You know, I was like, wow. You know, like I didn't know what was going to happen, but, but you know, the whole time, like I said, man, I had plenty of projects to work on and I just, stay busy just doing my own stuff, you know, and, and I, I was able to broker a few deals for those guys and that bike was one of them, you know, and it was, um, like I said, what's cool to me though, I'll tell you what's really cool. That something I, something I built is riding the streets of Tokyo, you know, ripping it up. And they had a video when the bike got there and it was presented to the new owner. And the first thing he did was, of course, he walked up to it. He turned on the, you know, he turned on the gas and, started you know he just turned it on and kicked it a couple of times and it just fired up and he was so happy and you know i'm friends with the guy now and like he's always posting pictures of him riding it and it's, it's fantastic you know it's good feeling I, I i don't like that i don't see it anymore but you know well you know go. the one thing i wanted to say about your bikes is and there's a couple things i want to talk about about that because um your bikes have a certain uh, je ne sais quoi, if you will, a certain look to them, a certain style that is very befitting. If you look at the kind of bikes that they build in Yokohama and Tokyo and Japan in particular, they have kind of this, uh, they have a very strong affinity for American things, but they kind of have their own their own twist on it. And your 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 eye for design and your your talent for fabrication and, and your fit and finish is one that is very conducive to those bikes and they're very rideable but they're very spartan and they're they're, they're not over the top in any way shape or form to where um the the motorcycle is the, the entire motorcycle is the star of your bike but i've told you before your bikes are growers on me where i walk up to it and i see something that it, it attracts me and then i go away for a while and i come back and i see something different right well you know i i always say that you know that simplicity is very complicated you know and, and if <laughs> that's the way to put it you know and and, and it's and it's and it's something that 
you know, that I strive for. And I always say, okay, so what do I need for this motorcycle to operate? What do I need? I need this. I need this. I need this. Do I need this? No, I don't need it. Do I need this tab? No, I don't need it. So if I don't need it, it goes. And what winds up happening is it's kind of like trimming a steak. You know, you get this beautiful, like what you think is a beautiful freaking cut of beef and you look at it and you put it on your butcher block and you go, wow, look at the marbling on this. Right. But then you go, but then you go, shit, I got to get rid of all of this fat. Got to trim all this fat in order for this thing to be edible. You know, I mean, right. to be like really good. I mean, you know, you might like how it's made, you know, it's, you, you might want to cook it with the fat or you just might want to trim the fat before it depends on what kind of steak you want. Well, for me, that's how I look at a bike. You know, I, I just say, and I don't care what I'm building. I mean, if you look at, you know, those swing arm bikes that I do, or if you even look, you know, I stepped out a little bit and I went into that pan head I built that people wanted to crucify me for using that Cole Foster tank. Right. I mounted it totally different, but I, if you look at that, that bike, for instance, if you look at it, it's, it's really the same principle. There's nothing on that motorcycle that doesn't need to be there. No, it's um, that I will say that that bike was a bit of a departure from what I would consider uh, your normal copper top garage bike, but it's still a copper top garage bike. It was still built. Um, it was still built in your, in your garage in your shed and uh, literally a shed. Yeah. And it, it it had your, it had your, you know, sometimes you built that for a client though. That was a commission build. So those are a little different than when you're turned loose on your own. Correct. And you know, ironically, this latest build that I have was a bike that I built, but I started building, I should say for myself. And I got, I got a call from this guy and he goes, Hey man, um, I really like your stuff. I want you to build me a bike similar to that black and white bike. And I was like, well, <laughs> this so happens. You're in luck. And he's like, well, I go, well, I'm building one because I missed that bike so much. I started building myself one, like with everything that I wanted to do to that one. So this is kind of like an upgraded version of that one. Just in my mind anyway. I mean, right. Some people, some people will tell me, nah, I really like the other one. Yeah. You know, and it's just all choice, of course. And I, sure. So he says, hey, man, do you mind if I come? He lives in South Florida, and he says, do you mind if I come over your house or your shop or whatever? And I said, well, yeah, my shop is my house. You can, you're can, you more than welcome to. So you can come over whenever you feel like it and take a look and see if you like it. You know. So this thing was in like completely raw form. When the guy came, he was like, yeah, man, I got to have it. So I told him, I said, well, here's, here's the deal. Um, I'm building this bike my way. I mean, how I, how I have it in my mind, I go, cause I can't change that right now. Right. Like, I don't know if you, you understand, but no, I do understand. Some people, may not, some people, some people don't understand this. This is like, you're like water, you're flowing, you know, you're flowing in a certain direction. And if you interrupt kind of like which way I'm flowing and I have to stop, build the dam and flow it a different direction, it's going to look exactly like that. And that's what I told him. I go, it's going to look exactly like I was going a certain way. And I had a, you know, like I changed something and then stuff doesn't, doesn't. Well, that's something we see that quite often on custom bikes where you see where they either ran out of, ran out of motivation, ran out of money or ran out of new ideas. Right. 
And so, you know, one of the things I like about Pink Floyd is that I've never heard a song that Pink Floyd ever did that was rushed, right? I think that every song is exactly as as long as it needs to be. And I think when you're doing what you're doing, I think that's the same thing. And people have a hard time, uh, when I try to explain that to people, they have a hard time understanding what I mean by that. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, it's what I do for a living and and what you do for, you know, a vocation. it's a hard job to go. It's like when someone says, you know, it happens to me, you know, they'll go, Oh man, you, you know, I met Ray and Ray said you were super funny, man. Tell me a joke. And it's like, that I'm not, a, <laughs> you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not for, I'm not a jester. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not how it goes. But if you get me going with the right amount of alcohol and the right amount of people in the room and the right amount of laughter and excitement, I can, I can hold the room pretty well for quite some time. And, and so it's, it's important that people let the person who's doing what they're doing, at least see it to fruition. And I think this new bike is dynamite, dude. I think it's going to, I think it's going to blow away, not blow away the bl- the black and white one, but it's going to show to everybody that you have developed a style. You are, you know, you're not walking a line, but you are definitely carving one in, in the sand. Well, you know, and here's, you know, I mean, I have, I, I, you know, I haven't built bikes like for commission builds or whatever for people for, you know, for a very long time. I've done it for myself. And matter of fact, going back, I remember when Gino DePaul, when he had the horse magazine invited me and a friend of mine named Pablo to, it was the amateur smoke out, you know, you know, build off and he invited me. And I, I was like, I looked at my friend Pablo and I go, man, look, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I'm putting this thing together, but you know, he likes my other stuff, but I, I don't know. You know, I, I kind of don't know. I'm not a bike builder. I've just been doing like, just been around bikes for a long time. And right. we wound up building this little Paco, you know, 35 degree iron head chopper that it wound up winning. And it was, you know, wound up making that magazine. And, and it was, it was a great feeling. And, you know, but I never really chased that because that wasn't really what motivated me. And I just, I always did stuff for myself. And as you know, I have a lot of good friends that are in this industry that have been in this industry and are probably, you know, without name dropping. I mean, you know, these, you know, these guys are like, yeah. they are, they are the foundation of like modern of bike building. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And with knowing these guys and one of them, you know, which is probably my very best friend in the world, um, built me a bike. That to me is, you know, my panhead. You know that. Oh yeah, I, I know the bike very well. Name. So I don't even use a bike that I built, like to be, you know, like as a name. I use a bike that means so much to me. You, you have no idea what that bike means to me because at that time I really, you know, I really didn't have. You were a working man, and to have somebody have somebody yeah. else put that kind of love and care and concern oh, into God. what you do when that person that we're talking about can command six figures for a motorcycle. Um, yeah. and, and it doesn't matter what you paid for it. I know you've, you've been friends with for a very long time, but I wanted to talk about that bike because 
there is something that happens along the way where sometimes you have this, uh, not you, but as humans, we have this tendency to emulate those around us, right? That's the, the pack mentality, right? And you've seen it, you're in law enforcement right. and, and have been for 30 years. So you know exactly what I'm talking about, where you know, it's that hive mentality where you get enough, enough testosterone in one place at the same time and enough things happening where everybody kind of moves in one direction. But you didn't do that. When you built a bike, your quality was where it needed to be in order to show up at all the shows, not have the bike break down, do all the things, get sold overseas, start right up on the second kick, all of that stuff there without having uh, captured any of the essence of somebody else's work. So you didn't reappropriate anything. You actually developed your own style, still having adoration for those that came before you. And, and I see a lot of people do that. Like, I mean, you know, it's impossible to look at an Indian Larry bike and then you look at a bike that like say Paul Cox builds and you see, wow, there's some influence on the Indian Larry bikes in Paul's bikes. And there's some influence on Indian Larry's bikes from Paul on the Indian Larry. I mean, it's, it's really kind of amazing when you see that kind of that splinter happen. like Kano was really, uh, you know, he, he was the first one I saw do a twin cam with a magneto and a panhead, And a, you know what I mean? It's like, wow, this is, this is some high level right. engineering and very artistic. And you get to see where somebody, you know, you kind of know who built the tank, who did the seat, who did the fit and finish, who came up with the engine. You know what I mean? It's very cool. And you right. didn't, you didn't reappropriate any of that. And I'm not saying those guys do either. Cause I don't think they do. I think that was their skill set, And that's why Indian Larry's bikes were so fucking amazing and still are. I mean, they work with the finest artists and machinists and, you know, it's a collaborative effort. And so it's just really nice to see somebody, it was fresh to see somebody like you come out of, not come out of nowhere, but come out and put your balls on the table and in the black and white bike was, was stunning. You know, I, it's funny that you say that because I, I think, you know, and I, I was talking to, you know, to Billy and I, I told him, I said, look, man, two things that I got you know, and, I, and I'll say, it, you know, Billy and Warren, I, you know, they've been my friends. And, of course, like you said, there are some things that did rub off, you know, and, and I wouldn't be ashamed. To, and it's just preference, I would guess. If a lot of guys, and most guys, they, they like spring seats and they like these seats that are above the frame, you know. Right. And all my seats, if you notice, they're all in the frame. Right. As are Billy's and ours are Warren's. I mean, it's just. It's just that to me, I call it a South Florida style because most of the guys in South Florida all do it that way. Yeah, we know where the roads so, are good. We know where the roads are bad, and we stay off the bad roads and go around the potholes because potholes don't. <laughs> there ain't many potholes in Florida, and we know where every one of them is by us. <laughs> exactly. So, and I just like the sleekness of the bike, how that looks. Just my preference. Look, Bill Dodge, great guy, good, very good friend of mine. I mean, he's he's like family, and he never does that. He does his steel seat pan. You know, with no covering. I mean, it's just polished aluminum usually, and he uses you know like that kind of like that spring style solo seat that that he does. Yeah, and he does it so well, and it fits his style like impeccably. I mean, I you, I don't think I could see his bikes any other way. And there's so many I I could you know. So if there is one thing that I could tell you that that did rub off, that would be it. But you know, we talked about styles, and we were talking earlier about how. You know, some, some people run out of money, some people run out of ideas, but right. we missed out on one very important category of that. 
there is also the guy that has a million ideas and he tries to put all million ideas into one motorcycle. Yeah. And it doesn't, it, it ends up looking like an, it, it doesn't come off right. Right. That's a skill. No, no. Yeah. You know, and listen, like your brain, I'm sure works this way. And any guy who's, who's in a garage or in a shop or just trying to put stuff together, your brain is going, at least mine is going a million miles a minute. You know, it's like, I'm thinking like when something isn't working, I, you know, I, I, I lay in bed and I'm like, thinking, like, man, you know, this has got to be this and this has got to be that. Or if I'm trying to make something work with something, I'm like, yeah, man, if I do mid controls on this, it's going to look kind of retarded. It's going to just going to look dumb. It's going to look this. And so I, I got to kind of like, just really think about what I'm going to do. And there's so many different things that I like, but then I got to go, okay, this is what fits here. This I'll save for some other times to use, you know? And, that's that's very important you know i, I and I, I i can't emphasize that enough that don't try to put all your ideas into one build man save some yeah well and it's, it, it has to do with uh knowing what not to do too and you bring up bill dodge and very good point i was talking with bill one time and i said dude i the fearlessness of dude, his, his fearless. nature building a motorcycle is is just it's astounding and, and i told him that and he goes what do you mean and I'm like, dude, it's not what you do sometimes. It's what you don't do that fucking amazes me. Because look at the arc of that man's career. I mean, arguably, still to this day, I think we can all agree the West Coast Choppers is one of the top five most successful motorcycle custom motorcycle businesses on the planet, right? You've got Arlen Ness. And, and one of the baddest motorcycles to ever hit the pavement, whether look, whether we've outgrown the style or not, that's, that, that's pointless because well, I don't think we have, I was just, I, I don't think so either. Cause I was just on my friend Jerry's CFL the other day. And I told him, I said, man, if you ever sell this bike or you want to sell it, I want to buy it because it's just that, it's just that sick. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I, I think that the El Diablos and the CFLs and the, uh, those bikes are, are timeless in a way that a 55 Chevy is timeless. Like you see his 55 Chevy. Now go look at a 55 Pontiac, a 55 Oldsmobile and a 55 Ford. They're all very, very similar in that era. Right. But none of them holds the weight that the 55 no. Chevy does. So, you know, there was lots of people and I'm not besmirching anybody. I mean, Billy's blue bike. I would cut, I couldn't cut my arm off cause I couldn't ride it. But I mean, that to me is, a perfect chopper that is a perfect chopper you know uh yeah. warren lane is to me is the goat i've said it on many podcasts his his uh you know el rey bike is absolutely if you don't know what bike i'm talking about google warren lane uh, el rey el space r-e-y and you're going to see what i think is the greatest chopper ever constructed Ever going as far back as the very first chopper. And it's just my personal opinion. It doesn't mean anything, but and Billy's bike, the blue bike is a perfect chopper. Jesse's CFL is a perfect chopper. I mean, you're talking about things that, that time stamp, but that hold up, go look at a big dog. That's from 2001 or 2002 or 2005. They're, they're just not, they don't have the soul that these other bikes had. And they, and they had super Super, super expensive parts. Those, some of those bikes had the the baddest SNS motors of the time, and some of them even came with Baker with Baker transmissions. And it just 
it had great components. They just, like you said, they had no, the, the actual motorcycle itself had no soul. I mean, it just, yeah. like you look at them now, I, 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 like Texas choppers, I've bought and sold those for, I bought them for 4,000 bucks and couldn't get 6,500 bucks for them. Right. And, <laughs> but, and but they got 117 and 111 S&S engines in them. Sure. You know, the, you, if yeah. you cut those things up, they're, the, 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 the bones are bad, the, or the bone, I don't know. Those are just a clunky, a clunky production chopper that didn't, that didn't stand the test of time is what I'm getting at. Like, you know, the West coast choppers and the, the choppers ink bikes and stuff like that of those era. And there's other builders too. I'm not saying those are the only guys that matter. I'm just saying those are the guys that I paid the most attention to. Those are the guys that I followed their work. Those are the guys that before I knew them and before I was, before I was friends with any of them, I, I followed their work and, and, you know, went out of my way to when I got a chance to see one of those bikes in person to crawl all over it and look at how they did this and how they did that. And, you know, cause you can see a lot of problem solving in that. And each one of them approaches their bikes from a very different, from a diff different angle. Um, you know, uh, and, and, and that's one of the other things too, is, you know, like, so getting back to Bill Dodge, he ran what is arguably one of the, one of the most famous, and the most successful motorcycle businesses in the world. And yet you see some influence in his work today, but I see a lot more of his influence in the bikes that were built before TV. You know what I mean? The little, yeah. just some little nuanced things, but Bill is a dangerous motorcycle builder. And what I mean by that is he takes chances with his art in a way that a lot of people don't, whether it's the choice of material that he uses or the way he does something, he doesn't care if you don't understand what he's doing because he sees so far down the road that he he already knows he already knows how that project's gonna gonna come out. And he just like I said before, he doesn't rush anything. You know what I mean? And what people and what people don't realize about Bill, unlike and I've been around him so much and for so long, you know that what people don't realize about him, his ability to see a motorcycle, Bill, I mean, we all have that to some degree. I just think that he possesses it like to a different level. And what I'm saying is when he's going to paint a motorcycle, mo like me, I'll tell, the, I'll tell the guy, look, man, this is the color I want. This is kind of like a design, you know, scenario. I mean, you know, scheme that I want. I want something to look like. You know, like I'll draw it as best I can. Look, something that looks sort of like this, but I'll let you, you know, take your creative, you know, mind and create, you know, get close to what I'm telling you. Right. Not Bill. Bill will tell you to the pinstripe what color he wants and how he wants it. I've watched him, dude, I've watched him get a, to what I would accept as a perfect paint job. He looks at it and he goes, that's not what I want. And oh. he's giving it back and goes, I've Do seen him. I've, we're talking about the same bike, but because <laughs> I've seen, <laughs> yeah. But in and and God love him for doing that, you know. And that's what I mean when he's fearless. You know, he's fearless with the customer. He's fearless with his artwork. He's fearless with his friends. You know, he's somebody that um, he he is a very unique man. And and you know, if you're in many if, ways, if you're one of his, if you're one of his humans, he loves you unconditionally um he's mad at you unconditionally he calls you out unconditionally he but ultimately you know he's 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 there you know what i mean he's there for you 
you know, and, and I, now that he, one of the things I, I wanted to talk to you about, and this is a good segue into it, is Daytona was the mecca for custom motorcycles for, well, I'm just going to say 50 years, pretty easily. Yep. It's not anymore. It's, it's, no. it's, and it still is, and it still is the Mecca in, in, in that everybody makes a pilgrimage there every year, but is that still sustainable? Man, I, I'm going to tell you there's, there's, there's really not much, I, I'm not, in, and I, I don't want to sound, I, I just don't, you know, there's, I'm just going to say that there's nothing really here that I couldn't find in Miami. Let's just, let's just compare that. Right. As, and to, and to some degree, better, well, you look, can get better coffee and better, better Cubanos down there. <laughs> sure. And to, as, as far, as far as I'm talking about, as far as motorcycles yeah. and builders, when, when Bill Dodge was here and Billy Lane was here. Oh yeah. I mean, you had two of the very best that this, you know, this game has ever produced. I mean, in, in one place. Right. They're both gone. Well, and, Billy, they've made the announcement. Billy's coming back. I don't know if he'll well, come back to Daytona. Only, I don't know how no, far he's south he's going to go. I, he's just going to go a little further south. And, you know, um, he's not going to be here in Daytona, though. But, you know, but I'm just talking Daytona in general. At one point, they were both here. Yeah. And that was, I thought that was the beginning of, of a comeback. But then you got to think about it, Jason. You know, the guys that were here, think about this. You know, you had crane cams here. You had Carl, shop, uh, Carl Speed Shop here. Daytona Twin you Tech. Smoky, Smoky Daytona Unic. Twin Tech, which is, still, which is still here somewhat, but Daytona Twin Tech. All these, all these big people doing big things here. Well, Daytona Twin Tech is here, but they're in DeBerry now, and you got, you know. Yeah. And everybody's kind of like branched off, and it's kind of like, eh, you know, just, and they've disappeared. And then. You know, there's, I'll put it to you this way. We talked about this on a phone, you know, just when we were talking on the phone the other day, my machine work and stuff like that, I would probably go outside of here, whether it would be Ocala or Lakeland or just somewhere right. else, but not here. And it's, it's, it's a shame because like you said, this used to be, this was it. God, everybody had something there. Euro components was there. I mean, just Carl Speed Shop, Euro components, uh, Daytona Trike. Um, man, I mean, Beach Street used to just be an absolute, I mean, what a, Arlen Fatland, what a, what a great little strip that was, you know, for yeah, so many and, years, and, you know. And even even when Corbin was on Main Street. Oh, yeah, Corbin know, was, was on Main Street, too, yeah. Yep, and at one point... Um, so was Rothfires. I mean, when they first got the, their dealership, it was right there with that old Corbin building that used to be a, I think it was like a moving and storage building that was there. But, but you know, things things have changed quite a bit here, and you know, and I, I don't know. You know, you look at, and I had this conversation with a couple of guys, and we were just, you know, you look around and you see the guys who are building bikes now, and the younger guys anyway, younger right. than me, uh, in their thirties or late twenties. And you hit it on the head just a little bit ago. They're all building the same bike. I hate to say it. I mean, I, I see it. A lot of the guys are building the same bike. 
Yeah, you've got a few I guys go like Christian Newman. <laughs> um, you know, oh, well, that's that's genius level, my friend. Oh yeah, that's you know, that's genius level. I you know, and there's a few of those younger guys. Ryan are, Gore. Uh, I'm trying to think oh, of some of these dude. guys. Ryan Gore from Paper Street is. I mean, that guy's uh, oh, it's so I have, talented. I have, as a matter of, I, I have his primary, his his primary covers are on on my on this last build because it, I just thought I go man, what a great idea that. Like, you know, that's one of those, like, shit, why didn't I think of that? You know? Right. But, well, I can tell you why I didn't think of it. I'm dumb, dumb when it comes to that stuff, you know? You know? But, that, that, that's, but you have, there, there are uh, Lachey. I forgot his first name. Hawk Lachey. Um, Hawk Lachey. Yep. Um, and the, the other, this other young kid that that built that green chopper with the. With the oh, Brock. Brock Bridges. Brock. Brock Bridges. My dude. God, that kid. Dude. dude. Those guys that we just mentioned, they're next level. I mean, I mean, dude, it's like you're like, you know, there's just so many. There, but you see, those are the young guys. But then there's guys that are like more our age. Johnny ninety nine, Johnny ninety nine, still Johnny killing 99. it. Right, which that's what, that's where I was going to go to. And that's what I was going to go right into. Like like Johnny, for instance. Johnny is a guy who's in the next tier of like that that forties to fifties range, which is. Dude, that his mind is crazy. I mean, like he creates these. He has a unique style, very, and, and like, and and it's and it's almost like to a degree, like he takes the same chances that Bill does. Like he doesn't give a shit whether you get it or not. He doesn't care. Trust me, Johnny is a dear friend of mine. Doesn't give a shit whether you get it or not. Rick Bray. Doesn't give a shit whether you get it or not. That's my Rick dude. Ray, That's me, my dude. <laughs> to me, to me, right, right now, like if, I mean, all these guys that we mentioned are just phenomenal, and you know, and dude, like CT Newman just blows my mind every time I think of the stuff that that kid can do. I mean, it's just like, and you know, and I think, and I thought when I first met him, I go, man, you know, this is why you can't underestimate anyone. If I would see him in a crowd without a motorcycle next to him and he would come to talk to me about motorcycles, I'd probably look at him and go, dude, I, I what? What are yeah. you talking about? Like, you know, and that's why I don't do that <laughs> because that just, re, that, that just reinforces why I'm like respectful to everyone. And I, yeah, I you don't, you never but, know how good somebody's going to be when, when they really get no. the tools that they need and the skill set that they develop. And, you know, the, I'll tell you a real quick story. So, I, you know, you know, I was a, I was a street racer in Detroit and that was something yep. my pre, before I was real heavily into the motorcycles, that's what I did. And there was a guy named John Sinelli. I can say his name because he, he's no longer with us, but um, he was part of a, a mo, uh, of a, of a car club called the Rod and Rollers. And it was the biggest car club, um, on the west side of Detroit, they had the the baddest cars. Whether it was the fastest cars or not, they were the nicest cars. The you know what I mean, like everything. This is in the pro street days. This is in 1989 and 90. And he had a Pinto with a 460 in it. Uh, that was, I mean, it was a cartoon going down the road. The goddamn thing. The engine was the valve covers were over the side of the. You know, didn't have a hood. The, the valve covers were over the side of the fenders. I mean, everything. But it was a beautiful pro built car for for back in the day. And I, and you know, I'm just a 16 or 17 year old kid. And I'm just, I am absolutely enamored with this. I'm for whatever reason, I've always had an affinity for Pintos and I'm talking to the guy and the guy's probably 50 at the time. And, uh, I'm like, man, I go, how fast is this? And the guy just goes off on me. You know what I mean? 
And I was like, Whoa, that was weird. And I, you know, so as a 16 or 17 year old kid, I'm like, okay, I'm not talking to any old guys anymore. Fuck those guys. And then eventually, you know, I built my, I built my own car that was faster than that car. And, you know, and so my point is, is you don't know, you don't know who the next, who's it or what it's going to be. Nope. And that, and that's, and, and that's, and, and that's what, that's what I'm saying with, as far as like, for me, my, the things that I like, you know, I, I look at Rick Bray stuff and like, you know, and I look at how he does that fuel injection and how he does. And I have a racing background, you know, circle track racing background. I worked, I worked, you know, on the Bush circuit for, for, you know, for a few years at, you know, at Roush and, and Rick Goodwin racing and all that other stuff. But so I have that racing background as well. And when I look at Rick's bike, I, I just understand his bike. I look at him and I'm like, what a work of art, but yet his fabrication skills, like car guys that are like, especially circle track type guys that, you know, sprint car guys. Yeah. The level, their level of fabrication and just, you could see if you look at how they run oil lines or what, how they do that, how they'll run fuel lines, electrical work, any of that stuff, those guys just do it just totally different than everybody else. And you could see it if you yeah. know it. You'll, you, rec you'll recognize. And, and, and I told Rick and, and, you know, I've been very vocal about my, about born free. I'm, I'm not a, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of, I'm a huge fan of the idea of born free, but I, I feel like, and, and, and I feel pretty confident that I could substantiate this. I feel like it's a, it's a, a, a California club that if you're not from California, good luck most of the time. Um, that's just the way I feel about it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, but it's just, that's just how I feel about it. But I feel like I told Rick Bray that Rick Bray might be, you know, I, and, and I think, I do think Warren Lane is the, is the goat. Um, but I think that Rick Bray may be at some point in time, the best that to ever do it. Dude, I, I can't, I can't disagree. I, I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan, you know, and it's, yeah. and you know, what's great is when, you're able to build stuff and, and, and you, you know, and I, and I, and these guys are your peers, you know, like we have pictures, you know, like all of us do, right. you know, at different events and we've, you know, have our bikes in the same shows. And, but when you're a fan, you know, and, and I just can't help but to be a fan, I'm a fan of his. I mean, it's just, yep. you know, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, I look at his stuff and it's like this last bike he built. Dude, it just, I, I can't wait to see it in person. When I go to Sturgis, I just can't wait. And I'll be honest, man, you know, like you said, I, I'm, I'm not going to comment on any of those shows because I, I don't know any, you know, like whatever. I mean, I don't know what's behind it and I don't know right. what the motivations are or how people do stuff. But I, I could just tell you that I, I, I don't like these shows that there's winners and losers because all those bikes, to be honest with you, there you go. go to those shows. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I, I think that all those bikes that go there are just so phenomenal. But by the same token, you know, and you see it, you know, we got to get away from the popularity contest, you know, build, you know, like, and I, I, that's why I'm excited to do this show, the Michael Lichter show, the um, motorcycle is art. What American a high Version, honor. You know. What a high honor. Yeah. I'm excited for that only because, there are no winners or losers there. It's your, your bike is just there 
had a static display for 10 days so people could come and look at it and just, you know, either like it or not. It's art. So, you know, how many times have you gone to MoMA or something like that and you go look at a, you know, you look at Picasso and you go, man, what, is this guy a drug addict? I mean, what the hell is that? <laughs> right. I, mean, I mean, what is that? I mean, was did he have did he have cerebral palsy? Is that how he painted this thing? I mean, what happened here? You know, I mean, it's, I don't know. And to me, that's the beauty that you can go to a show like that and look at, look at a motorcycle and, and either it floats your boat or it doesn't. And that's cool. To me, that's great because there are no winners or losers. I mean, as far as there shouldn't be, because when you're building something that this guy's like one of the best curators I've for this, for this whole industry that I've ever seen, Michael has cataloged through pictures and motorcycles and just every year he comes up with this different concept for, for this, for the show. And I just think it's amazing what he's been able to do, you know, in catalog like careers. Of yeah. People, well, know, I mean, look at, he's, he's a kingmaker. He is the, so he, that's one of the things that I anoint him with is that he's the kingmaker in the industry. You know, if you go back and look at the people that he, he has, he has catapulted, into the stratosphere, dare I say, uh, you know, Hugh King and the Discovery Channel did a lot for our industry for quite some time, and they did make, but they're not the kingmaker. The kingmaker is the guy, is Michael Lichter, because before there was Hugh King, there was Easy Riders, and before there was Hugh King, if you had Michael Lichter shoot your bike, uh, it was, that was, that was it. I mean, you look at Jesse, Jesse, you know, his bike, remember that purple bike, the El Baracho that was out on Daytona? You know, getting up at five oh five thirty in the morning. Those pictures, I still look at those pictures and 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 look at Jesse in, in that and go, wow, this guy. Here's Jesse. You know, already pretty successful at that point in time. Really, but for all intents and purposes, well on his way to an amazing career. Far far into it, had his had his shop already on on Anaheim. Uh, out in Long Beach was building bikes for for famous rock stars and actors and actresses and, and shit. But then you get on TV and just hit the stratosphere. Before all that, there's Michael Lichter, and I, I think it's important that you know what Hugh King's not doing anything in the motorcycle realm right now, but Michael Lichter still is. Michael Lichter is still the kingmaker today, and I I think it's amazing that somebody and he want he enjoys his job. He's happy. But you know. Um... I'm, I'm going to tell you there's, and then there's people he, he is. And I agree. Everything you said, I, you know, like, like that movie, catch me if you can. Yep. I concur. You concur. We concur. I concur. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I totally concur with that. However, there's another guy, which is, you know, Chris Callen. I mean, dude, that guy, I remember when Chris started Dude, it was like, it was like he had, it was like a little local grassroots little magazine that, you know, everybody was like, yeah, that's just, you know, whatever. You right. know, cause you had easy riders was the, was the big deal. And the horse was, if you were a, if you were a bad biker, you were in the horse. And if you were a classy biker, you know, and you had some big dollar machine, you were an easy rider. And then there was Chris, you know, just trying to, you know, do his thing 25 years ago. Yeah, well, Chris, I mean, we you know, Chris back then, like I tell Chris every once in a while, I'm like, dude, I remember I, sometimes I miss the, the fat wild man. You know what I mean? And he's just yeah, he's oh, somebody right, that right. he's somebody that you, you're not going to outwork that dude. You, you might be able to work as hard Ever. as him, 
but you're never going to outwork him because he'll he'll go until and he and i have on on things we've gone until we're you know googly-eyed staring at each other infuriated that we're still working but we're still we find a way to work i want to i want to well go ahead I'm going to hear what you have no, to say. The thing is, is you, 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 you can't, you cannot drink them in coffee either because the guy drinks buckets of coffee. So dude, when we were in, we were in Galveston last year, I was driving his van. I'm sitting on, and I'm sitting there waiting uh, for him to pick somebody up. And I'm like, okay, I got to, I, 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 I have OCD. So I, he chews that gum, 185 yeah. gum, gum <laughs> things I picked up out of the, out of the thing and put it in the 185 or something like that. I counted. I wanted to go, go back to something that you mentioned because it, I think it, it bears repeating. You said, I'm a fan, right? And you were talking about Rick Bray, but I have to tell you that I'm a fan first. All this goes yeah. away. And, and there's a couple things I want to say in this, but I'm a fan first. Like I'm, I would consider myself um, acquaintances, friendly with with billy i would consider myself actually you know uh, his brother and i communicate pretty regularly we're friends i would say we're friends you know what i mean but i'm a fan first and that's what i love about this business is it's it really when you get to the business of it it's a small business there's not a lot of a, yeah. there's not a lot of us i think someone said there's 1500 independent bike shops in the country or something like that it's it's some real ridiculously low number and there's like 250 manufacturers or something that make up this whole industry. And when you when you break it down to those numbers, being a fan is, I think, what keeps this industry alive. Because you're a fan. Before you were a bike builder, you were a fan. You know, and then you sure. became a good bike builder. You know, and so I love being a fan. Being a fan is is what I am first. I'm a fan. I always tell people I'm a fan first. And so I don't fanboy out anymore when I'm around some of these guys because I've been around them so many times. But there was a point in time where I will readily admit that I fan I fanboyed out on on some of the people that are my friends. You know, Rick Bray is is a good guy to be a fan of. His work, you're you're a fan of solid work when you're a fan of Rick Bray's work. You're a fan of solid work when you're a fan of Xavier's work. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, there's right. there's some really really solid human beings that do solid work because you can't you can't fake all of it you can fake parts of it but you can't fake all of it well i'm going to tell you right now that with you, you mentioned xavier now that to me he's not my friend he's my family i you have no idea like you know and, 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 and there's so many people and, you know, Jason, like there's a group of people and, you know, we, we see each other a couple of times a year, you know, and whatever. And, but we talk regularly, we communicate through the computers. We, we do all these things, you know, and, but there's something really special about Hob, you know, forget that he is just an incredibly, an incredibly talented human being as an artist in many different ways. Yeah. Forget the motorcycles and the music and he, in many different ways, he's just an extremely talented person, but you know where he's, you know where that guy shines the most. He's an incredible human being, man. Yeah, and he that, is. Okay. And that to me, you know, look, man, when my mother passed away, him and Gus Gus came over to my house, you know, and I'll never forget that. You know what I mean? He was here for bike. It was Biketoberfest or whatever. And, you know, 
he was on his way out and you know he knew that i wasn't out you know and i wasn't i, I wasn't missed yourself most of that yeah and he knew that i he saw me once maybe and he made it a point before he checked out to back going back to texas to come by the house and and see me you know there's so many good people you know and i i think it was at your show when you said what was it you know uh High tide or something tides rise all ships. Or, yeah, a, a high tide lifts all ships. Rising tide lifts all ships. Right. You had said that, and I believe that. You know, um, there, there's so many people in this industry that have been so accommodating and so good to me and have answered questions for me. You know, we talk about swing arm bikes. Well, to be the king of all swing arm bikes, you know, is Jeff Cochran, good friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. You know, to, to me, nobody does it better, but he has his style, right? And out of respect, I would never in my life ever build anything. And I told him that. I go, dude, were you an inspiration for me liking your motorcycle so much for me to create something that was in that spirit, but not, not the same? Yes. Right. I, you know. Well, I think the best way to honor guys like that is buy their parts. You know, we're building yeah. a swing arm shovel head right now for TikTok over in England. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's a classic example of, of you know, I bought the I bought the, the bike from, from Marty. Uh, I bought swing arm and the, the seat lowering kit from Jeff. I, you know what I mean? I bought I bought the dual magneto or the the single magneto, the the tuck magneto from Eric. You know what I mean? I, it's just it, it's Paul Bear Paul Bear Knuckle got got me the 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 risers. I bought I got bars from all. You know what I mean? Like we just know all these people, and that's what I mean when I say like this is. You know, I'm a fan of all these people. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Cochran. Cochran was uh, was on the podcast like ten years ago. He's just a great guy, you know. He's a good guy to talk to. He's he's one of these dudes too that you know. Um, I'm not saying like you got to stay in your lane. What I'm saying is that he carved his own lane and he knows what he likes. And if you like it, that's great. And if you don't, well, that's great too. Uh, he hopes that you like something enough to 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 like it a lot. But Jeff is arguably, I name one other bike builder that has built as many bikes as him in the last 20 years. I don't think no. that that actually built their bike, that actually built their bike. Like, I'm not taking away anything from anyone. Like, honestly, Jesse had a team. Jesse built all the sheet metal or did what, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying anything from anybody, but. He does everything. Jeff Cochran probably, you know, probably turns out, if I had to guess, one a month. And he doesn't, he doesn't make a big deal about it. He's not out there rattling his saber. He's not, you know, I mean, he is honestly, he's such a, like a, just a, a he's going to do what he wants to do. He does. And, you know, some people don't even know that that's the, that's the, the that's sucker punch Sally right there. You know, yeah, he, man. he did that, I, I, sold I met, it, and moved on. I met him, Steve Broyles, Donnie Luz, all those guys at like Smokeout Six, <laughs> what he built, it, 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 it was like, it was um, the very first bike that him and Donnie kind of brought out, like as Sucker Punch Sally per se, but not really. I mean, they weren't really a company yet. Right. 
it was just two there were just two buddies that were building bikes you know right and they brought up this green they brought up this green bike that had these really cool wheels that i was like in love with that was the same that was the same time that i met dave preston you know chopper dave yeah he's a good dude yeah man dave is a buddy of mine and you know i got his air cleaner on my bike because like you said these are guys that are my friends and if they're my friend and i'm gonna buy an air cleaner i'm gonna buy it from a friend before i you know unless i'm making something you know but there's certain things that I just think are fitting for the bike that I'm building that somebody else already makes. It's a friend of mine. I'd rather give him the business and that's it. And that's, that's like with Ryan Gore. I mean, I wanted to give him the business because that's a great part. I'm not going to go out and carve out something that is going to be clearly an imitation of something that he already did. I'm not doing that. I, I wouldn't embarrass myself because the guy's so talented and he and it's his idea. Well, okay. I mean, so, so but we're in the thing that you and I are neither one of us are parts manufacturers. There's dudes no, out there that exactly. manufactures parts and if I can make something cool that comes into my head, well I'm going to try to make it. And it might be better than something else that's someone out there, but you know, Fabricator Kevin taught me when I first got into this business, he was one of the first guys I, I ever met and he said, "Look, man." He goes, "Everything starts with one part. Buy one part. Just buy one part." He goes, as soon as you buy that first part that's going to go on your dream bike, he goes, you got a chopper project. And he goes, and then just buy the next part and buy the next part and buy the next part. Just make sure that they're all going to work together, you know? And you're right. You mentioned Chopper Dave. I'm doing my, I'm, I am building, I'm building my dream bike, my dream FXR and the things that I'm doing to it. Aren't, it's not going to be like anybody else's FXR, and I'm not saying like it's going to be like nothing you've ever seen. It it, it it's going to be probably people probably aren't going to like it very much, but I can assure you this: I am going to absolutely love this thing because I am doing it exactly the way I I want one for me, you know. And and that's what but I love any, about the bikes else, you build. Does anything else matter? I mean, no, no. I like for people because, to like my work, but I have enough friends, sure. dude. I have enough friends that love me even when I'm, I'm being a dumb dumb and you're one of them. So, <laughs> Dude, but, but, but Jason, look, man, it's like this. I build these bikes. When I take my bike to a show, like I went to a, to that, the chopper show that was at the, that was at the, um, what do you call it? At the speedway. Okay. Yeah. I knew my bike. I knew my bikes don't fit their mold. It's not what they're, it's not, you know, and it's not what they're looking for. And, and, and it's, and it's fine, but I like it, you know, and, and that's fine, you know, and there's people that do like it. And it's kind of like a, to me, a motorcycle is a personality. Yep. That's all it is, you know, and you know, like you'll walk into a room and there's people that are going to love Jason and there's people that are going to be like, eh, I really don't care for that guy. I am my own flavor, aren't I? <laughs> well, but, but I think I'm, I'm much the same way, you know, like people either like me or they don't, and that's okay. Because for whatever their reason is, I'm okay with it. Right. I have plenty of friends. I know plenty of people. I can enter. And besides, I'm excellent at entertaining myself. I'm <laughs> great at that. So, right. so, so it, it's okay. And, and, and it's, it's not a problem. And I build what I like and what I have in my head. And, the, and, you know, and the minute that I do something different other than what I like and what's in my head, then I'm going to be building somebody else's shit. And that's, that's where you run into trouble as far as, you know, there's people that there's guys out here that somebody tells me, yeah, you know, man, he had a couple of good bikes and then he just started kind of regressing. His bikes just aren't the same. 
they don't look the same. They're not, you know, and you know what that is? It's just that they never really developed a style. They, they got lucky because they saw something and they did it their way pretty much because the first one, they were really excited. They got comfortable on the second one and it was sort of good. And then by the third bike, they're just kind of just like half-assing it. Like you said, you know, no interest, just kind of putting it together because somebody paid them to build a bike and here you go, this is what you get and have a nice day. Yeah. And that's why those guys, they just disappear after a while. I, I never realized that, you know, I, I don't consider myself, I, I didn't consider myself a builder for, for the longest time, I was like, yeah, I, I'm a mechanic. I can I can wire a bike. I can fabricate some stuff. I'm kind of like this guy that's a jack of a jack of all trades. I'm I'm not a master at any of it. I'm really not. But, Neither am I. But I, I've been told that you know, well, you have your own style, and I mean, you definitely have your own style, and and so we, you know, it's as long as you're doing what you think is the best work you can do at the time. I think that's what this really takes. Cause sure. I'd love to go find yeah. the very first bike I ever built for somebody and redo the things that I'm like, oh, I know I didn't do that as well as I could today, but I will tell you this, Ray, I, I did it as well as I could then. And I think that comes yeah, for something. Well, you know, what's funny. That sports I told you about that little sports chopper that I built like in 2006 or five yeah. or whatever it was. Yep. I wouldn't ride that. I wouldn't ride that piece of shit today because I'd probably kill myself. <laughs> with, you know, because I just didn't. And it's and it's and it's funny. And I remember just having that DNA, dude. Springer, I, I wouldn't put that on a bicycle. No, you know? I mean, and I no, no offense. I mean, no, I, I, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to put anybody's parts down, but it's just they're just there's just way better stuff out there than to be and, and safer than to put that. I've seen them fail very badly, but I didn't know. It's like you said, I did the best I could at that time. And I thought that was it's a Springer, dude. It's a Springer. I got a Springer. I right. got it for 300 bucks. I mean, how, how the world could you beat that? I got a Springer for 300 bucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. You get what you pay for. Right. And then, you know, that's yeah. one of the things that's hard about this industry too, is like trying to get people to understand when you're in this industry, they're like, you know, people that know, our circle of, of people know that if you want a high quality Denver Springer, you just you just know that's what it costs, and it's, you just accept it. And sometimes it takes longer to come up with that money. Or if you want a Sugar Bear, or you know a Paco, or, or you know Freddie Fernandez, Freddie Hernandez, or any of that stuff, right? You just kind of know that. But when you're standing on the other side of the counter, and someone's like, "Man, I'd really like a Springer," and you're like, "Okay, they're you know the one you want's like twenty five hundred bucks," and like what? I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to have Pat or, or, or Paul bare knuckle build you a, a, a Springer, it's you're paying for a man's time and the material and us made and the, in the chroming and all that stuff, you, you get what you pay for, you know, and you get what you pay for in everything in life. You get what you pay for in every friendship you have. You get what you pay for when you buy a car, food, the whole night work and the whole, the whole nine yards, the works of it, you know, I, I believe, I believe that if, you know, if you really look at the guys that are successful, whether it's Rick Bray, whether it's Warren, whether it's, they all have, they all, they all have a common thread that runs between all of these guys. You know what it is? They don't compromise. No, they don't. Not one of them. And I refuse to compromise because, and even at my level, which is not even remotely in the, I can't even be in the same room with those guys. You know, I will tell you that the minute you compromise, you 
you can't even enter the building. Forget about the room. Okay. It's, it's that simple. If you start compromising on little things, Jason, you will comp, then your bike will look compromised. You, yeah. It's like if, trying to explain if, if you, to somebody that doesn't like the price of the, of the, of the build of the, like an engine build. Cause we do a lot of engine builds here for people. Right. I'm like, okay, here's the list of parts and here's a list of labor. What on this list did you want me to take off? Let's start with that. Right. I'm like, well, nothing. I'm like, well, then why are you fucking complaining? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going through that now with this last, with this last bike and you know, the engine, you know, the, 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 the built, the rebuilt engine that was supposedly there and, you know, and I've had to go through it and do some things and, and you know, and it's, and it's frustrating because people don't understand that and they want to go with the cheapest guy or the cheapest part or the look, you know, when I built that pan head, there was two things on that bike that I, I told, you know, I told my friend, you know, the, the guy was building the bike for, I told him, I said, look, I said, you got two issues, this frame, either you do what I tell you and we take it to my friend that has a jig and we could make this frame a hundred percent safe and correct or you buy another frame or I don't build you the bike. Yeah. That's one. I go, that's one because I'm not going to have you, I'm not going to put a bike together for you at this point, whether it's your bike that you just want me to put together or whether you want to build for me, I'm not going to put anything together for you where you're going to go down the road and kill yourself. And I have to live with that, even though it wasn't my fault. Right. But it was, cause it was a, yeah, exactly. I was tied to that decision, you know? Yeah, so I was, I was tied to that decision of, of you riding this bike. Well, so, I, I think that's what puts you in the room with these guys that you're talking about. I mean, that's where, that's where you, you are in the room. And you know, when you, when you started cleaning house in 2020, I remember having a conversation with you that I said, you, you know, you, you can't, you're not going to be allowed to, after you got, I think you, I think you went three or four shows that week. I said, you know, you're not going to be allowed after this to just be like, well, I'm just a garage builder. You're, you're not, and you haven't, you know, but you also haven't, you haven't anointed yourself a master and, and gone off on a high horse, but you know, you prepared, you prepared for, for something and you did the work and, and you got it and you didn't compromise. And I think that's why you have the respect of so many people that you do have the respect of. And, you know, that's the other thing that's cool is I revel in the fact that there's a few people in this industry that if I decided that I wasn't going to ride motorcycles with and uh, ride motorcycles anymore for some strange reason, I could still have relationships with them because it's not one-dimensional. Like you and I, we get on the phone, we talk about cars, we talk about family, we talk sure. about, you know, we talk about food, we talk about travel, we talk about, you know, all of the things that, that you and I have in common. So it's nice that, you know, I can do that with you and I can do that with Rick Bray and, and Xavier and even Callan and, and all these other people that we're, we're in this circle that's old enough now and been around long enough now and is meaningful enough now to where when we're in a room, you know, we're in the right rooms. You know what I mean? We're never right. the smartest guy in the room because if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. So that's where that leveling up comes <laughs> where you talk about where, you know, there's some people that are on another planet, but, you know, ex existentially, whether it be in their engineering ability, but, you know, the guys that are in our room, we all have different skill sets and we're all adept at what we do and we all respect each other for what we do. And it makes our friend group a really, really good friend group. And even though we only get to see each other a couple times a year, it's always a positive, 
you know, event. Now you, you mentioned that you talk to Warren on a regular basis, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So like I told you, he's more family to me than he is friends. Right. Oh yeah. And, and, but if I ask him with as close as I am to him, if I ask him a technical question on something after like five words, I'm extremely lost. You know, and I always feel like I always feel so freaking dumb. I'm like, Oh God, because he, he is like CT Newman. And I, and when I say that, yeah. I mean that with the utmost of respect for both of them. Yeah, absolutely. The same, the same, not the same, but he's as same. good at what he they're, does. They're both as good at what they do as each other is. Yeah. And they do things very and differently. Warren is probably, you know, he is an engineer without a degree. I mean, if that makes the, the guy's math skills and the guy and and the the technical stuff that he possesses in his brain are just so it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And if you talk to him about you know like how to put together you know a motor, or you talk to him about welding, or you talk to him about Building an airplane, for Christ's sake. I mean, you know, right. j- just j- think about this. This guy, he's, he's never worked on airplanes, but he's out there and he's freaking putting airplanes together that are flying. That have been sitting in a boneyard for 40 years. Yes. And he makes them, yes. he makes them yeah. actually pass the FAA inspections and all that stuff. You know, I have you ever see a, you ever see somebody post something up and then Warren, like I've posted stuff up and Warren, Warren, Post me like, hey, call me, and then you call him, and you're like, hey, that's not going to work the way you're doing it. You need to do this and this, and I just take the goddamn post down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, it, it, and and it's you know, and it's funny because this bike, I always tell him, I said, I just keep this. This is your bike, and I just, I just keep it for you. Right. You know? my, I'm talking about my panhead. Yeah, the orange one. I just, I, yeah. So I just put tires on it. And I did get it ready for uh, you know, for Sturgis. And I told him I put this other tire. I couldn't find a Duro tire. I go, he goes, oh, he tells me, he tells me, um, you know, like in, in his Warren voice. Yeah. Uh, he goes, uh, you know, drag specialties has it. I go, no, they're back order. Goes, oh, okay. So I was like, I got the Goodyear version, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, okay. He goes, well, did, did, are you still, in other words, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know you got a tire on there, but did you order that tire? So when it comes in, you put that tire on my bike? Because yeah, yeah. That's how he. That's how he designed that bike, and that that tire better be on that bike at some point. Is what I'm saying, you know. And it's because he's gonna look at it and be like, "Yeah, I, I don't like it." One of the and questions. That, one of the questions I always ask people when I'm interviewing them and talking to them, I'm like, "Okay, so you won the lotto. Who's gonna build a bike for you?" And I can't ask you that question because that's it. Yeah, you've already got it. It's just it's it's awesome. Yeah. How long have you had that bike? Oh eight. Yeah. So that was way before. Ray Yanez, the bike builder from Copper Top Garage. That was Ray oh Yanez, the, the law enforcement officer down in Miami with the two kids uh-huh. and the wife and the honor and the privilege of being able to build or have that kind of fucking bike. It's amazing. Yeah, dude, let me tell you, um, at that time, I was just so busy with, you know, with little kids and, you know, and my love, you know, my love, I've, I've always... And I've always had a motorcycle. Yeah. You know, there was only a short time. There was only a short time there, like probably like around 2000, 
where I, I was bikeless, you know, and that was in 2000. And, but it, it, that only lasted maybe like a year, you know, and it was, it was really, my wife had gotten, you know, diagnosed with something and, and you know, that thank God just resolved itself. But I, I pretty much, she was out of work. I had to sell pretty much everything I owned. Right. That time. And that's, and that's what you do. And luckily I had something that was worth some money that got me through it, you know, because that's, but God, God blessed me in the sense that that was that 72 shovel head, which is the one that I don't know if you've seen, like on my you, pictures, it's the yeah, light you blue sent me one picture, that right? I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was light blue. And then I painted it red and white. And yep. you know, that bike meant so much to me because I, I rescued that bike and it was pretty much it's that I wouldn't call it a barn find. I'll call it a storage find because that's where it was. It was in storage for many years. And all I did was I changed the tires, changed the points, put fresh fuel and a carburetor on it. And I rode it three days later to Daytona. I mean, after this bike sat for like seven years, you know, I, I was, that was nuts. But when I look back, that's what made it fun. Yeah. You, you know? never remember the time you go out and do something and nothing happened. You always remember the time that, you know, it rained <laughs> halfway to here and you ran out of gas and got a flat tire and had to lay the bike over on its side. And, you know, it, that's the kind of stuff that, and that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I tell people all the time, like I could, I could quit. I could quit doing what I do for a living, I think, but I could never quit the people that I'm, that I'm that's, associated that, with. That's my thing. You know, and, and it's kind of funny because I, I was telling my wife that the other day, I said, you know, I, I got, I got two projects left. One of them is a knucklehead bike that I'm just building. That's for me. I mean, I, I, because I've always wanted a knucklehead and I got that. And, right. You know, and that's, that's going to be, that's going to be my bike. One of, you know, like one of the bikes that I want to ride all the time. And, the other is just, you know, I'm going to probably build another shovel swing arm bike similar to this one, just maybe a little different, you know, maybe I'll venture into dual front disc, you know, rear disc. I don't know, you know, whatever, whatever's flowing at that time, but still in the same spirit, obviously. Um, and after that, I told my wife, I said, I think, you know, I'm just going to just, when those are done, I'm just going to wait and see, you know, if somebody wants me to build them something, I, I got, I got like two things in the works that I think is going to be very, very, very positive for me coming up, you know, with, with builds. Um, right. One is a, one is a law firm that I wants me to build them a bike for their, basically for their, like their advertising or whatever, Sure. which is going to be, di- which is going to be difficult in the sense that, you know, I'm not going to do anything goofy. I won't, I, I, I'd rather not do it. I'd rather, you can keep the money. I don't need the money that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I get it. Like, you know, I mean, I could always use the money. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I, I'm not going to compromise. Like I said, the challenge is to find the way to do a copper top bike and still without, without right. looking at, making it look like a goddamn cartoon, you know, that's, and that's, and that's my thing. And, you know, I don't want to do that because that's just, you know, um, that's just not what I, what I'm in this for. I, I really don't look, dude, I'm never going to be, nor do I want to like, you know, a millionaire, rich, famous out of this. This is this, you, you know what this does for me? You ever watched it? You ever watch that movie? It was called North shore. No. Okay. So North shore was a surfing movie, right? Okay. There was, there was, it was a kid that came from Arizona and he was the king of the wave pool, you know, in Tempe, Arizona, the guy ruled, the wave pool with a, with a two fin surfboard guy kicked ass. Right. Right. 
So he thought he was so great because everybody told him how great he was. And he won all these trophies in a waste pool, bro. So I must be good. So he goes out to Hawaii and gets his ass handed to him. And he has to relearn how to surf pretty much in the real way. And he was just, he was just so driven to only want to compete against, you know, the top guys and, you know, enter a surfing contest. And he met this old man, probably about my age now in his fifties, you know, and the guy looked at him and goes, he was the greatest. This guy was like a surfboard builder. And he met this guy and he goes, Hey, look, man, you're, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything with you because you're doing everything for the wrong reason. Goes, what do you mean? He goes, because bro, you got to be a soul surfer, not, you know, not chasing a $5 trophy. Right. He goes, he goes, do it for your soul, man. You got to love it. And that's how I feel. I just love it. I wow. Just, it's, that's a perfect, that's, that's a perfect way to wrap, to wrap an interview. <laughs> I just, I just love it, man. You know, and it doesn't matter. I mean, look, dude, we all like to get paid and we all like the accolades for what we do. Great. But if you don't love what you're doing and you're doing it for fame or for money, then your, your pro your, your product is going to be reflective of that. It's not going to be good. Right. Yeah. You got to dig just, deep. You got to dig deep. Yeah, and I don't I, think it's, I, think I don't so. think it's your opinion. I think it's a fact. So you're going to be in Sturgis. I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be, uh, you're going to be at, uh, you're going to, you have a bike in Michael Lichter's art exhibit that, uh, that opens, uh, the first Saturday of Sturgis that, that Saturday night. So everybody's going to be there, uh, checking that out. And that, that exhibits open during, during bike week. Uh, I believe it's free to enter, to get in there, to take a look at that. I'd have to clarify that but that's at the buffalo chip where else are you going to be you're going to have the orange bike riding around so i'm assuming you're going to be at steve's full throttle show right steven sure. yep. of course yeah yeah I awesome gotta, i gotta go you know and here i'm going to tell you a little little secret that you probably don't know i'm not only an emergent virgin at this show i've never been to sturgis in my life wow how so, ironic that's awesome you're gonna have a good time you're gonna have a good time yeah so so this for me is a the, the first time you know and it's I'm so excited. I, I have, you know, just, you know, I'm staying at the chip there and, you know, and, but, you know, Chris, I think is doing a lot of his stuff over at the full throttle from what I understand. So I'll probably spend a lot of time over there too. So just, you know, and I got, I got friends at all, you know, at all these places. So I, I just got to figure out where I'm going to be. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, you know, I guess when I Dude, get to don't make a plan. Point, <laughs> yeah, I'm not making that. And that's why, that's why I don't know. I, I know that I got to be, at the builder's breakfast on Sunday, I got to be, there's some days that Michael told me I needed to be at his show. Yep. And I know I got to be at Steve's show, that Michael Ballard, uh, old school chopper show. And I don't, I don't know. And, and Chris's shows, cause you know what? And I'm going to, I want to give him a shout out, you know, just because him and Heather, Chris and Heather have been so awesome to me and have helped me so much as, as well as you, Jason, you guys, you know, like you said, you know, we, we help each other. And I think that, you know, through friendship, through, you know, liking what I do, you know, all that stuff. But bottom line is that I, I just really want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, how much I appreciate all of you, you know, and how much you've helped me. And, you know, and it's just been, been awesome. You know, it's just been great. Well, you're, you, you've always been since the minute we met, I can't even tell you where we met. I just, uh, I don't remember where it was or where, what we were doing, but you know, you've always been 
uh, a super nice guy. You've always been, you know, willing to help. And we've had some great conversations and, and uh, I look forward to uh, to many, many more times where you and I break bread and, and that. And, and dude, I, I love you. I, hang, I love hanging out with you. I love your wife. I, I love the whole deal, man. We, we have a very neat community of people that uh, are very supportive of each other. And as long as we keep doing that, I think everybody's going to do great. You can follow Ray Yanez at Copper Top Garage on Instagram. That's the best way to support best place to follow him you can meet him in person at the michael lichter uh, emergent virgin art exhibition at uh buffalo chip and you just heard he's going to be he's going to be moving around riding that kick-ass uh warren lane built, <laughs> the old neighborhood king the, uh, you know what dude i asked him uh, when i was talking to him a little bit ago i asked him i wanted to get um I want to know if he had any of that old, the old neighborhood King stuff and he doesn't have any of it left. I'm going to find, I want to find the logo somewhere. And I'm going to make, I'm going to make him one of those shirts again. Cause I don't think he has one. Even. I, I, I have a hat. I have a hat with the logo and I have, and I'll get you, I think I have extra posters too from El Rey. And you know, I have on my bike, the original El Rey, the original OG front wheel for that bike is the bike. It's the wheel that's on my bike. Nice. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, buddy. Well, listen, I appreciate you spending some time with me here, and uh, I can't wait to see you, dude. You're going to see you at your first surgery, right. so I'll be at the Buffalo Chip, too. So, All right, my brother. Give a give a hug to Karen for me and the kids, and I'll see you at uh, Sturgis. All right, my friend. I'll talk to you very soon. All right. All right, man. Love you, brother. Love you, too.